Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything, reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was. I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasik.com. Ian and Puck on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950. KJR. Hey, a reminder, another chance to win $1,000. Be qualified to come up at 3 o'clock with Dave Softy-Mahler. He'll read out our next qualifying name. We'll get more into college football at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned. As they say in the business, 27 minutes away uh, from college football talk. We'll do majority of that tomorrow, certainly college football. For those who don't know, Tuesdays are our college football, Tuesday, our college football days. Uh, we'll spend a good chunk of time with Nigel Burton. Alex Brink will return to his normal time. We didn't have him on his normal time, normal day last week because of Monday Night Football and reacting to that. So we'll spend a lot of time on college football tomorrow afternoon. But to kind of whet your appetite a little bit for tomorrow, we'll, we'll get into it at the bottom of the hour. I love the sport. It's my favorite sport. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a weekend like that in terms of, especially in this day and age of, of the playoff system and all that, of so many teams going down. And it kind of just felt like that day. I mean... I, when I even when I was watching, you know, the Clemson game, it just kind of felt that okay, we're, we this is kind of we 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 seem to get this every year in college football, kind of a domino effect of, of games and top teams going down. And it just kind of had that vibe. What Pittsburgh was able to do to Clemson, then we saw it later, uh, certainly with USC and Washington, and then uh, at the same time you you see it happen with uh, with Michigan and Iowa. So it's just one of those crazy weekends. And Washington gets hurt; they suffer the first loss, but again as we'll go into detail coming up at 2.30, uh, they're actually fine. I think that they're still fine to get into the top four there at the end of the year. But we normally do about last night every day at 12.30. We push it back uh, to this time every single Monday because we've got hardcore football with Hugh Mill and all that. Uh, but we can never forget. We do about last night right now, but it is our NFL version. What happened last night? Well, that's a stupid question. Well, it was a good, fun night. That's picked off by Sherman. Yes, he did! It's time for About Last Night. And no, it's not that Rob Lowe, Demi Moore movie from the 80s. Oh, brother. This is where we recap what happened last night, or this morning, or whenever. Wilson going to run. Diving for the end zone, he's in. Good golly, Miss Bob. We are on a magic carpet ride. Now here's Ian and Puck. All right, we're going to first start in New Orleans. Broncos and Saints, New Orleans going down. They think they get the the touchdown that's going to put them over the top, but no, they don't because the Broncos special teams comes up with a huge play. And now a very important extra point. Snap, Broncos jump over the ball, and they block the extra point, and it's picked up. Denver's running down the field. This ball picked up and running down the field. That is Will Parks. Parks into the end zone, a two-point conversion. The extra point blocked. Will Parks, the rookie out of Arizona, scooped it up and ran right down the New Orleans sidelines for the two-point conversion. 
That is the Broncos Radio Network, man, and the Broncos going to win 25-23. What a hell of an ending, man. You want to end a game like that. You want to go in and be victorious. That's how you end Madness. it. If you are the Denver Broncos. And I'm, I'm wondering now, that, that is now a couple times we've seen that play. We've seen it from Bobby Wagner jumping over the center. We've seen it from the original, the original gangster. It would be Cam Chancellor who did it. And I wonder if this will be one of these things where coaches will complain about it, and then by next year or year after that, we're going to find some rule change that you can't do it, that you can't jump over the center. But, man, there have been – I don't know if it's moving it back or what it is. There have been – how many blocks have there been this year or missed extra points? I think it plays a part, right? Yeah, but every – in a back, I think it's a different mindset yeah. for the kickers. So, plays with their head a little bit We more. haven't even talked about Hauschka missing another – getting a block. Yeah. Does Hauschka realize on the extra point? That he needs an he needs a, a pitching wedge. <laughs> it's just a pitching. It's a pitch wedge. I right, just hit it, get it up in the air. Tries to use a seven. He's iron. trying to do a seven <laughs> iron, or even a, and trying to do a bump and run. <laughs> he's trying to. He's using a three iron underneath a tree to get back in the fairway. Ugh, never get it up in the air, Hauska. Let's go back to debating how we spell your name, especially over that O line. Instead of talking about another missed extra point. We go from New Orleans to Charlotte, North Carolina. The Panthers were in complete control, but uh, that didn't last for long. They need 44 yards to get within Gano's range. They get some of it there. Calvin Benjamin. But remember, no timeouts. Oh, he lost the football. Marcus Peters has it. What a turn of events here in Charlotte. Marcus Peters comes away with it, and they are in field goal range. That's exactly what he did. He just pulled it out of the grasp of Benjamin. Marcus Peters with a play of the day. And then Carol Santos went on to hit the game-winning field goal there uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, who improved to 7-2 on the year. And for Carolina, my God. Carolina now, I mean, with that win, you well, you get to 4-5. and five. Now you, you drop to 3-6. Uh, and six. And what a play by Marcus Peters, the former Husky. Now, I did, I mean... There's always a good and bad with him. So the great strip, but then he kicks the ball in the end zone or he kicks the ball in the stands. But it's not like Kelvin Benjamin is, uh, I don't know, pick, pick a small. He's not Tyler Lockett. No. Okay. It's a big guy. Kelvin Benjamin is like bigger than like, he's like Chancellor for God's sake. I mean, he's huge. And he ripped the ball away from him. That was a hell of a play uh, there by Marcus Peters. And I don't know, this probably. You know, they were discussing in the pregame shows, and I don't remember which one it was, talking about Carolina, saying, Carolina, you know, if they can just kind of get it together, move in the right direction, you know, that loss or that win would have put them just one game back from being 500. That they're kind of our team as the season wears on second half of the year, you don't want to play. Like, you don't want to see them because of the things that they can do. Well, everyone was kind of waiting for them to kind of catch fire. And And it's not over yet, though. Adam's not over yet, but it just feels like that kind of that was – Maybe the final nail in their coffin sitting at three and six, but they certainly they did it a couple of years ago where they rattled off something like five, six, seven wins in a row. Maybe they can yep. do uh, the very same thing, but boy, that's just a, a huge loss, especially for the fact that they were at one point up 17 nothing uh, there in that game. All right, so from Carolina, we go to Nashville where the Titans uh, from the get go just dominated the Green Bay Packers. Mariota looking, flush to his right, firing downfield. Man is wide open. It's caught sharp at the 10, at the 5, in the end zone. First time ever, Tajay Sharp, touchdown, Titans. 
And anyone who has Marcus Mariota on his fantasy team, I, we we thank you. The Token Four Chiefs, touchdowns. the Token Chiefs are on just a, a, an unbelievable run right now, looking to win a championship for the first time since 1999. And we think we can do it with young Marcus Mariota at the uh, and command. Demarco Murray throwing and, a touchdown. And I have Demarco mm-hmm. Murray too. Oh wow! You hit the jackpot. Oh, just a, oh, th- my these God. two have just come through spades this year <laughs> for the Token Chiefs. Mariota, two hundred ninety-five yards, four touchdowns. Tennessee now five and five on the year. And Green Bay, boy, you talk about. Everyone thought Green Bay would be right up there in terms of competing for the NFC, a challenger to to both Seattle, even in Dallas when we talked about teams in the beginning of the year, and Carolina. They are now 4-5 and five, uh, there on the year. DeMarco Murray, he had that pass, a touchdown pass, actually, which is funny, one more than Tom Brady had. Uh, but he also had a big game again on the ground as Murray 17 carries, 123 yards. But uh, Marcus Mariota has been sensational. Uh, this year again, 295 and four touchdowns. All right, Glendale, Arizona. Man, the Niners could have helped us out. They were close, but Arizona in the end got it done. Three seconds to go. Snap, ball is down, the kick is up, and the kick is good at the gun. The Cardinals with a walk-off field goal from Catanzaro. Redemption for the Catman. And the Cardinals win the game 23-20. to so they get the victory to the Arizona Cardinals, 23-20 to over the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Pash. Dave Pash there on the call there, the Arizona Cardinals radio network. How come we didn't hear Wolfie? Yeah, they didn't They didn't um, have Wolfie you got to get it, though, where we hear Wolfie. It, it, the, the, the highlight, oh, Adam, doesn't work unless we, unless we hear <laughs> from Wolfie, for God's sake. So it's not over for Arizona, although I – Still think it is over for Arizona in terms of this division, but they technically are still alive at 4-4-1. Uh, they're behind uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Eagles and Falcons, the Eagles' next team coming into town. Uh, but before they face Seattle this week, they had to try and take care of the Atlanta Falcons at home. Just outside the five, Ryan Matthews comes in. Wentz in the shotgun. He slips it off to Ryan Matthews. He's in! Eagles take the lead. They recapture the lead. Ryan Matthews, his second touchdown of the day. Matthews, 108 yards on the ground. A great defense by Philadelphia yesterday as well to hold that Atlanta team. And we saw those guys up and uh, up close and personal, man. I mean, that that's a hell of an offense. And an Eagles defense will be coming to town. And I get they play different on the road than they do at home. But just held an Atlanta team. To 15 points and 303 total yards. So, despite what Carson Wentz has been doing, and Carson Wentz is kind of coming back down to reality, like we're not we're not seeing the the uh, the segments anymore on the pre and post game show of like anointing him the next great great quarterback of all time. They've kind of they've they've eased Tapered. off on that a little yeah. bit. But man, uh, despite his struggles defensively, they can get after anyone. I mean, Wentz was, you know, he wasn't awful yesterday. He was 25 of 36 for 231. Uh, but defensively like that, if they can play defense like that on the road, no doubt they'll, they'll have a shot. They shut Julio down. Yeah, no no doubt they'll have a shot this week. It'll just be a tough it'll be a tough matchup for Seattle. I, I think this defense by Philly is certainly going to give them more of a, uh, a test than what we saw yesterday against New England. All right, our final game, besides the Seahawks and Patriots game, this may have been, probably well, this was, the best game of the day, Cowboys and Steelers. Here we go. Run Zeke. Up the middle, he's gone. Zeke's gone. Goodbye, Zeke. Touchdown. 
Short yardage pinched in. The dogs got out. The Cowboys are going to steal one in Pittsburgh. 32 yards. It's a touchdown. There you go. I didn't know. You got to give it to me. <laughs> what was this Zeke touchdown? It doesn't I matter. I don't care about Elliott. <laughs> I need to hear touchdowns. <laughs> it's a touchdown. That's right. It is. Ezekiel Elliott, 114 yards, two touchdowns, both in the final couple of minutes. Also had a what an 83 yard uh, catch and run. Cowboys now eight and one on the year. Their eight straight win. Uh, Dak Prescott, 22 of 32, 319. Kind of was iffy going. You know the way the game started a little bit. And you could you could start to feel if they if the game had carried on like it did maybe in the first quarter, and maybe some bad throws and. Some inconsistent play there from Prescott that, oh, my God, if they don't pull this game out, they don't beat Pittsburgh with a healthy Tony Romo there, that this is the perfect time for Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones to pull the plug on Prescott and go back to Tony Romo. But Dak Prescott just came through uh, in the end, was was fantastic one more time. Did you uh, see Tony Romo? Did you see Tony Romo's? Uh, they caught it on television. Okay. Of him, uh, they could like read his lips, and it's he was basically saying, "This is what everyone thought he was saying. Okay. It's his time now." That's what everyone hmm. thought Romo was saying on the sidelines. I did not see. I saw. I mean, he looked like he was having. He's in a tough spot. I yeah. mean, well, he lost his job to injury. Uh, Trent Dilfer had a good story on on ESPN when he got hurt. When they played, if you guys remember the game they played, it was Holmgren's. I can't remember what year it was for Mike. They were in the Kingdom. So final year? Yeah, final year for Holmgren? Yeah, I think so. And he got hurt in that game. Tampa Bay came to down. Seattle was rolling. Seattle was, I want to say, 8-1, and 7-1 and one at the time. And they were 7-2, and two, something like that. And Tampa Bay came in here and just crushed Seattle. But Dilfer ended up getting hurt in the game. Sean King took over. And then they took off from there, like Tampa Bay. Like that game when they came in here and beat Seattle, then it just kind of it was a springboard for the rest of the year for them. And he, you know, he just never could. He said yesterday on the on the pregame show that you could just sense it. I was never getting the team back. They were playing better with him, and as a quarterback, as a teammate, I was happy for King. And I was happy for the team, but at the same time, I'm I'm bummed for myself because I I put sure. in the hard work for you know what three four years before that, and yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's not coming through, you know, for me because of an injury. It's a tough decision there for Romo. He I think is going to be active this week. Is the story right? And has said that he'll be the backup. That he will go on. Jerry Jones said that. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, a few more minutes here before we get to swing and a miss. We'll talk a little college football there. Uh, wrap it up a few things on the, on the Seahawks. You know everything that we talked about with Tony in, in that first. A segment with him, and then the hardcore football. I think with with Hugh. I mean, we covered almost everything. The one thing we didn't get to was the two point conversion, and and it was interesting. I, I I think when they initially lined, so when they initially lined up for the two point conversion, when they scored the touchdown to uh, to Doug Baldwin, I was like, probably all of you, what is he doing? Like, why are we? And I had to do like the math, and I'm not good at math, <laughs> and I had to start doing Tom the Andrew. math in my head and going, okay. Someone explain to me what what he's doing here. Why why is he going for it now? When I kind of and it took me a while to think about it because I was a comm major. Uh, I finally I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I, I get what he's doing. So I, I this is kind of the worst opinion to have. They always tell you this: you can't be on the fence. But I I'm just on the fence on this one. One, 
my personal thought would be, hey, I'd rather kick the extra point, go up by eight, and then say to my defense, who is, you know, the reason they have been in this position since 2012 is because of their defense, right? I mean, their defense drives them. Their defense drives them every single week, uh, even though the great numbers the offense put up yesterday. So, personally, I would say kick the extra point. I know it was blocked earlier. Force New England to go down there, drive down the length of the f- length of the field on you on your defense. Get the tying touch or get get six points, and then have to get a two point conversion against your defense. I say that because what is Seattle so good at? They're so good in the red zone, right? They they don't give up touchdowns. They make you settle for field goals, even though that 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 New England was getting touchdowns. But in short yardage situations, especially within the five yard line, and the ball is what placed the two. This team may be the best defense in the last five years in the NFL in terms of keeping guys out of the end zone. So I think that they should have he should have rolled the dice on that. That would have been the better move. Now, in the end, it worked out for him, but that would have been the, the, the wiser move. I guess if you're going to gamble there, I would have rather gambled on your defense rather than gamble on your offense, which I said this earlier to Tony, there might not be a worse team in the NFL, and this has been forever, on third and two and third and three than the Seahawks. If they have got to get two or three yards, they're awful. Like, they just don't have a play designed to get two or three yards, especially in the goal line. It, it's just something they've struggled at. I always struggle when I watch them play, and they get in third and three, and I'm like, what's the go-to play? Where's the Matt Hasselbeck sprint draw right, finding Ingram in the flat? Because that always worked for Hasselbeck and company. Why don't we have that? But um, So I, I would look at that and weigh the factors. Am I more confident in my defense – to A, not give up a 80-yard drive, and then am I more confident in them not to give up a two-point conversion, or does the offense outweigh the defense? Am I more confident the offense can convert a two-point conversion in an area in a particular down and distance that they're really not good at? So he weighed it. He took a gamble. He took a risk. I understand the thinking. So yeah. that's why I'm not like overly upset about yeah, it. Yeah, people were like blowing it up on Twitter. Yeah, and like, I was like, eh. well, I th- yeah, you got to understand it. His his reasoning. Yeah, I'm all for his. Reasoning. Yeah, sure. You his win reasoning the game. was no doubt. <laughs> Automatically, just for yeah. You you can really Two sometimes coaches have just got to you know, go with their gut and and they sense. I mean, the game's not played by sitting on the couch. But he's always been a big risk taker yeah, too. Just, that's yeah, kind of who he is. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind it. Now, maybe if it didn't work out in their favor, we'd be, be singing a different tune right. uh, today. Right, right. But his gamble on it, uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't kill him for it because if he converts it there, you're right. The game's over for the most part. I mean, there's just they'd have to get two scores. Right. But I would weigh more. Maybe this is more of a commentary how he felt his defense was doing that day, because he just decided him. You know, his point was what he was really saying. I don't trust my defense really to not allow them to go down the field and score and then get the two-point conversion. Potentially. Potentially. Because it, who knows? Maybe maybe Belichick rolls the dice and instead of going to overtime, goes for two. It's not. It wouldn't be unlike Belichick to do something like that. Or, hey, I'm sensing a time right now on the road. You know, they always tell you instead of going for the tie, you know, go for the win on the road. Get out of there. And he was sensing a moment right there. They probably thought they had that play called, that one little Baldwin that was just going to be an easy pitch and catch and probably would have been easy if, if... Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. Jay Rudd at Aurora LASIK. 
and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. J. Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wilson had made a better throw, but sometimes coaches got to take risks. So not, not, a, not a huge one, I think, to come down on him today. It's made easier, though, by the fact that they, that they won the game. And I just hope they can continue this. Whatever they did yesterday, and Hugh did a great job in hardcore breaking down, schematically with their offensive line and and certainly the personnel for New England plays a part and if they could just bottle that bottle that uh, go you know uh, you know seal that thing and just open it up for every game could we have that type of performance from the offensive line every single week but Asking i also too much <laughs> yeah, i know probably but i also think that ProSize did have a lot uh, uh, a big hand in 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 that because he, i just think the way that he ran his vision his cutting Yes, he probably needs to be a little bit more physical at times, but he was physical on a, on a play that where he could have gone out of bounds. He stuck his shoulder pads down and, and ran over defender. So uh, keep feeding C.J. Procise. He was sensational yesterday. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. Swing and a miss. College football. Is Washington out of the top four? Uh, as Lee Corso would say, not, not so fast. Ian and Puck on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950. KJR. On the rebound, this is the Swing and a miss. This could be for a national championship. Missed it to the right. Swing and a miss. How did he miss the open goal? Six by four, and he comes up zero. Swing and a swing and a swing and a miss. All right, swing and a miss. What did we miss today? We'll get to a couple pieces of audio. Uh, you're going to hear from Mike Leach. Also, you're going to get an opponent audio recap preview coming up here shortly. How it sounded uh, with the New England Patriots radio broadcast of the Seahawks game yesterday put together by Kevin Shockey. You'll hear during Softy's show uh, coming up at 420? Yes. 420? 420. 420. Opponent audio recap. Pete Carroll's press conference, a reminder, top of the hour, 30 minutes away. Pete Carroll's press conference, 3 o'clock right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Is it over for Washington in the college football playoff rankings? Sam Darnold in the shotgun with the snap, has time. Now it breaks down, rolls right. Has his open, time. he has it. In the end zone, throws back in the end zone, caught. Touchdown, USC. Darius Rogers and the Trojans have the lead. So that's a USC call there. And certainly the first reaction is going to be, oh, my God, it's, it's over. But, you know, with what transpired on Saturday, which was just insane, uh, besides Alabama just throttling Mississippi State and Jalen Hurts going 300 yards and through the air and 100 yards on the ground, and uh, he's, he's 18 years old. He's, he's a freshman. The, uh, you have Clemson going down to Michigan, or excuse me, going down to Pittsburgh uh, with Deshaun Watson making one of the worst throws you're ever going to see a – 
a, a veteran-type quarterback, Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback ever make that just did not need to be thrown in Pittsburgh, uh, picking off, running it uh, almost all the way back, and then uh, James Conner late, uh, later going into the end zone for, for a touchdown. And then the decision you know, to go for it on third – well, third and one, you're obviously going for it, Jason, but fourth and one from their 35 – from Pitt's 35-yard line – too long for a field goal. Totally get it. 52 yards. No man's land. Yeah. And what do you do? So, obviously, you, you can pooch kick it, see if you can bury him deep. Certainly, a, um, I think you could have pulled that off if, if you didn't trust in your punter. But like Pete Carroll yesterday, you want to finish this thing. So, I, I love when coaches are aggressive. This time, uh, it just came back to, to bite Dabble Sweeney. They, they ran it. And what I don't like about it, it's a toss sweep. It's fourth and one. Run it straight ahead. Get point A to point B as fast as he can, not not a toss sweep. So they go down. Michigan goes down to Iowa, which Iowa does it again uh, to Michigan and specifically Jim Harbaugh. So where does this leave Washington now as they'll release the rankings tomorrow? And Softy will have it for you coming up uh, at 4 o'clock. To me, it it doesn't hurt them. I I don't think. I I just don't think it it hurts them one bit. You start looking at the teams that potentially – now I'll give you one scenario maybe, but – Boy, West Virginia would have to climb a lot of teams, but they could do it if West Virginia can run the table. Don't they have to play Oklahoma too? They're eight and one. They're coming up. It's this. It's yeah. the ABC game of the week, okay, five yeah. o'clock. They're at home. They're taking on Oklahoma. Oklahoma two losses. Now people are starting like Joey Galloway, or is it Danny Cannell? One of them. It's Danny Cannell that are pumping up Oklahoma. Maybe as a team, they lost early in the season. Remember, they got boat raced by Ohio State too, but they lost early in the season. And so now they're playing great football now. But the Big 12 is down. and I yeah. mean, there's no way in hell a two-loss team no. is getting in over a one-loss Washington Not a Big team. 12 team. No way. Yeah. But if West Virginia can run the table, it'd be a win, at o- a win against Oklahoma yeah. at Iowa State and then Baylor. So they're 11-1, Big 12 conference winner. The catch is now they don't have a conference title game. So Washington would have that extra game, and let's say it's against. Um, well, I'm just trying to think what the best case scenario. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, if if Colorado keeps winning, then Colorado's going to come in there top ten at that point. Uh, if Colorado stumbles, then USC can can slide back in there. If Utah stumbles, right? Or no, no, Utah doesn't have to stumble. USC could slide right in there. So I don't know if it, if it matters who they play in the in the title game. They probably most likely would want Colorado. Yeah, they'd want Colorado. To beat Wazoo this week, beat Utah, top 10, and then beat them in the title game. Um, so if Washington handles their business, they beat Arizona State this Saturday, which they will. They'll yeah. just, un- they're going to crush Arizona State. Then they get Washington State in, in the Apple Cup and then beat whoever from the South. The, a 12 and 1 team, still to me, it's just not going to be left out. The only thing I could see would be maybe West Virginia. The only thing where West Virginia has on Washington would be strength of schedule. Because they'll come in right now. The latest is their schedule. Strength of schedule is 38. This committee puts a lot of value in strength of schedule. I don't know about that, though. And because- Wash- Hold on. But Washington is 63rd. But let me. I'll just tell you this. Because their non-conference schedule include an SEC team in Missouri who they beat. Whether they're good or not, it's on the resume is Missouri. And Missouri is better than any non-conference opponent that Washington has faced. No one can sure. is going to debate that. Sure. And no one's going to debate that their win also against BYU is better than anything that Washington faced in the non-conference. It just is. Missouri and BYU against what's the schedule of Washington? Non-conference. I'm just, I'm just how they may look at it. That could be the only scenario maybe where 
depending on what West Virginia does, if they can run the table, would that eat? They may not even leave Washington out because you'd still get, well, you get Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, they went out. And then if, if West Virginia went out, maybe they could give Washington a scare there. Wait, wait, maybe. Wait, wait. If Michigan loses to Ohio State, right? I'm fast forwarding. Okay. Michigan loses to Ohio State, Penn State has to lose in yeah. order for Ohio State to get in. Right. Because Penn State beat Ohio State. Yes. So Penn State would win the big, big East yep. or big, be the Big, big Ten. Ten East. But then yeah. they've got two losses, and I don't think that they would take a two-loss team over a one-loss Washington team. Now, I think the interesting sc- messy. interesting scenario would be if Penn State does win out and then there's a three-way tie. Yeah. And then Penn State would win that three-way tie. Because they have the- Do you leave a one-loss team out Ohio, like Ohio State from the college football playoff rankings? Now, they didn't make the title game. See, but their one loss would be to Penn State, and some would, so, and I've seen it already. And and these committee members listen to these people; it's like gospel for them to them <laughs> that it was a fluky win by Penn State. I, I I think I, despite them not playing in the title game, and Washington playing in the title game, winning it. I know there'll be some. There's no way they'd be left out. I don't know that, and no one knows that, and I, and I don't know how much value that they truly put on a, a conference title game. I think they do. I think they put a lot of value, though. I think more than what you're saying. I think they do. It would just be to have to be how they would weigh, how they would look at Ohio State. Yeah, it's a you little know, bit of a wild they're one law. I could see their rationale inside the meeting room as well. They, they should, they're better than Penn State. They lost on kind of some fluky plays, whereas Washington, you know, they didn't, there was no, you know, uh, you know, it was kind of screwy plays for them. They just got beat on that day by a better football team in USC. And that's not kind of how Penn State beat Ohio State. You certainly can make a case that Ohio State certainly just blew that game for themselves. But Sure. This is why you take it out of their hands. <laughs> but I, I still honestly think at the end of the day, if, if they can just – if they finish off, they go 12-1. and one. I And for me, I mean, I'm just laying out a couple of scenarios how the committee would look at it. Uh, I, I wouldn't keep them out, and they probably should be in there. They probably will be in there. Uh, our hope. Adam, is in two weeks we take care of Exactly. We just got to take exactly. care of The Apple Cup for the Cougars uh, will decide. Well, yeah, the Cougars, that's all the Cougars got to do. They just got to win it. Just have to win the Apple Cup, and they are the representing the North there in the Pac-12, which is uh, just insane. All right, Mike Leach. We have some audio on Mike Leach talking about his the turnaround of his football team in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think this, uh, the second half of the year we have uh, Mike, but – that's something that's got to be constantly checked and and uh, focused on and stuff like that. Kind of a rambunctious room in there. That's why there's a door or anything and there's none of your business. So, um, <coughs> I'm going to take one of these cough drops if it's all the same to you. Mike Leach. Always the cough. None of your business. That was from the post game. Yeah. All right. Do we have a preview of the opponent audio recap, which we will hear today at 420? New England Patriots radio broadcast. Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak on the call. Wilson stands in the gun, takes the snap, drops back, rolls to his left, pressured by Long, pulls up, throws it back wide, open receiver Baldwin, touchdown Seattle. Waiting on the throw from Russell Wilson. 
with a spinorama out of the pocket and a touchdown strike to give the Seahawks the lead. You can't cover a baby in a crib on a cold night right now. Scott Zolak, an American <laughs> treasure who offered up one of the best stories of our dear friend Hugh Millen last Friday, telling the story of Hugh buying his fiance at the time when they were in New England a fax machine. Was it for Christmas? Yes, yeah, a fax machine yeah. uh, for Christmas. You will hear that entire opponent audio recap. I know. I mean, we know Scott Zolak. He's funny. I guarantee that will be some of the best radio you're ever going to listen to. Scott <laughs> Zolak uh, coming up today at 4:20. Also, a reminder: three o'clock. Pete Carroll's press conference live from the VMAC. We'll carry it right here on 950 KJR or Softy will carry it uh, today. Speaking of Softy, we will chat with him coming up next. Ian and Puck on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Cocktails, cigarettes, cocktails, cigarettes. You hanging out with your buddy down there? They don't sell ca- uh, cigarettes in the uh, Why not? casino. Well, I'm in the non-smoking section. They're can doing you, that down the road. Can you still smoke? Well, not in the non-smoking section, you can't. That's why I call it the non-smoking section. I don't get stuff the hell? like that. I don't they get have it. a smoking section, they have a non-smoking section. I don't get this country anymore. Yeah, you oh, know, well, we're just a bunch of wussies now. You should smoke anywhere you want to smoke. I totally agree. You know, whatever I'm you not a smoker, smoke, but whatever. Whatever you want to smoke. Anything. Do you remember? Light up. Um, my no, mom, my oh, mom yeah. worked in the airline industry for years. Really? Ye- yeah, forty years. Did she work when you can smoke on planes? I was just going to get to that. So yeah. when we would travel, we would travel like they don't have standby anymore. Like yeah. not the way it is back then. Like standby, we could show up at the airport, pay like five dollars, and get on any flight. Now with all the MVP golds, yada yada, yada you can't do that anymore. And uh, the seats they would give you would always be in the smoking section. Yep. Something like a six-year-old. And yep. just people are just, I mean, chain-smoking, <sighs> like ashing on you. You're trying to play, like, you know, with my G.I. Joes and some guy's a lit cigarette on my arm. What I mean, year did insane. they lift that ban? Do you remember? Or, or start banning smoking on flights? Because I don't, I don't remember being on flights. I was probably too young to even mm. re- to remember that. But what, 80s? What, yeah, what, what kind of freaks me out is when you get on a plane. And they still have the And smoking. it's so old, it's got an ashtray. <laughs> yes, I think about that the every rest. time. It's like, I, man, how? What is this stinking thing? Like, can for we can out we loud. change it for? Yeah, I'm hey, it's you. fine by me. I mean, with all the smoke eaters they have now, they can just put those yeah. in the planes. It doesn't bother me at all. Man, it's I don't want it on planes. There's no way I could do it on planes. Whatever, that would drive me. So, uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for, for not what? holding up your end of the bargain. What was my end of the bargain? You know what it was. I don't. Thanks for not Tell holding me. it up on Saturday. We did our part. For, for what? We've just asked you to continue to do your part. Okay, it's still there. No, we wanted them to be undefeated. Oh, I, I never agreed to yes, that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. You never agreed did. to it. No. You pledged to it. See, you, I think... You uh, cut yourself open, and we, we were blood uh, brothers. You uh, said I think you there's a part it. of you that's a bit nervous now that Washington lost a game. Honestly, would you have rather... And I'm being serious now. Would you have felt better about no. that game if UW was undefeated going No, in? I'll tell you why. Really? Okay. Because it gives us wiggle room this weekend. Well, because yeah, but I'm I've, talking about the Apple Cup. Well, though. it doesn't matter. But, it, but see... I wanted. I want to win the conference to go to the Pac-12 title game. What has made me listen? The the Apple Cup is going to be a nerve-wracking game for me anyway. That's going to be awful. But the Colorado game is the yeah. scariest game because it's it's it. That's not a trap game. It's Colorado's really good, and yeah. you're facing them the week before you face another really really good team. Well, but if 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 Washington wins this Saturday, which they will, yeah. okay, they'll they'll beat a. Is that a softy stamp? 
That's a stamp. I mean, oh, look, dude, if I can't if I can't feel there. good about beating ASU, then forget about Wait it. Wait a minute. Right? What Come happened to last week? It was nothing but beat SC. Now it's like now I would beat everybody. ASU. No, that's, still beat ASU. Okay. But they'll they'll beat ASU and the Apple Cup will be for the Pac-12 North I, Championship. I, I know, even what, if you lose but, on Saturday. But, but that's what my point. So my point is I'm I'm I you know so no one wanted to lose. I'm glad that you lost against SC because it gives the Cougars wiggle room on Saturday against Colorado. Yeah, you know what? I, I just yeah. it's not going to matter, dude. The Apple I Cup know. is for the Pac-12 North Championship. Know. You know it. I know it. Everybody mm-hmm. knows it. We may as well start talking about that game now. No, no, whatever. Literally, I mean, does, uh, does Mike Leach have like a GA or someone he can just <laughs> stick on UW now? And you know, Chris Peterson's got nine assistant coaches. He takes one of them and just puts them on Wazoo. Oh. Says, "Look, we can beat Arizona State with one yeah. hand tied behind our back. You, you go scout a, 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 a the Cougars oh. and worry about that." That's too funny. Yeah. Saturday sucked, man. That was bad. That was a bad deal. Bad deal. Whatever. I don't know how much hey. you see. I don't know how much you you'd seen of him. I mean, maybe I just I, Darnold. I, I ignore my kids and family on on yeah. Saturdays and watch yeah. college football. That yeah. kid is. Oh yeah. He's good. well. I'm not. You know what? For me, it wasn't even the defense, man. I mean, the defense. You know, look, yeah. they had a safety at the end of the game, and uh, USC's offense scored 24. I guess you could argue they could have put up 27 because they basically took a knee at the end of the game there, yeah. which I thought was really silly, but. Uh, this is a team that's been scoring 40-plus in four of their last five games, yeah. and they held them the under 30-plus in that game. And that's without Azeem Victor, without Joe Mathis. Yeah. So I, I really had no issues with the defense to me. I mean, the offense scores 13 points, which is the lowest amount of points they've scored since Browning's first start yeah. against Boise State last year. That, that was the problem. The problem wasn't the defense. It was the offense. Yeah, but don't you think – yeah, I would agree. I think if you're going to put more blame, the offense needs to do more. But No question. But the issue with not being able – I mean – you know this better than I do. I mean, not having Mathis back there to put pressure on the quarterback, they just can't get home anymore. Oh, it's big. Well, they're going to have to start changing things up, maybe start blitzing a bit more. And when they did blitz, uh, Darnold threw that pick that got tipped by Keyshawn Bieri yep. and caught by Taylor Rapp. So we'll see. I mean, it's uh, it's obviously a tough thing, for a, a tough situation for them to be in, losing Victor and Joe Mathis now. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Seahawks losing Bobby Wagner and Cliff Averill, right? And then you guys go out and lose uh, River Craycraft, which is a big loss for the offense there. I would have more confidence, I think, in the Cougar offense overcoming the Craycraft loss than I would the Husky defense mm. overcoming Mathis and Victor. I think or it's am I the, crazy? Nah, well, no, you're not crazy. I just think it's the way you look. It's what glasses you wear. I was thinking about this yesterday. I think if, if, you're, if you're a Washington fan, you're, you're going to think, and I don't think either opinion's not wrong or right. I just think if you look at it from Washington's point of view, you're going to say what you just said. If I look at it from my point of view, it feels to me like the Craycraft injury is, is more because he's the mm. second best receiver on the team. He's the best mm. slot receiver in the conference. He's unbelievable, and now you okay. just you've taken yeah. that out of the equation. But well, that, I just that's think it's fine by me. I mean, if that if that's the way it is, I'd rather have it be a bigger loss for you guys. I mean, I mean, maybe because we're wearing the crimson and gray glasses and the purple and gold yes. glasses, we just kind of get more freaked out about our Absolutely. own guys going down. Absolutely, I think that's yeah. I think that's how you look at it. Listen, right. you know what? A week from Friday, it's on. All right, uh, you know it. I know it. It's coming. It's gonna be. It's it, gonna be. Good. It's gonna be huge. Gonna and you're be going really right. By the way, to the Apple Cup. Oh yeah, come okay. on. Yeah. How come Fernandez never goes to the Apple Cup? You Cup? take it up with him. I don't know. What the hell, man. I don't get it. Jeez. I don't miss that game for anything. Yeah. I love I'm that with game you. more than anything. All right. I'm so what else? You got, what do you got coming up on the show? Uh, first of all, Pete Carroll's press conference at three o'clock. Listen to what Pete says because when, when it's over, we're going to ask you for an answer based on something he said. We'll have you text in the answer to 49451, and somebody's going to win four rounds of golf, four foursomes actually, a kayak point. Up at Stanwood. How about that? Perfect. So just pay attention to Pete Carroll's presser. We'll do that when it's over. And then uh, if you want to hear Scott Zolak lose his mind on the Patriot Radio Network, 420. 
with the recap today, man. That should be damn fun at 420 this afternoon. All right, here he comes. Dave yep. Softy-Mahler taking you through your evening commute next right here on 950 KJ. Go Cougs. And Oregon and Washington. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! What? Damn eagle. Dong, Grandpa is talking to you. Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything. Reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was, I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com.